Oh shit, it's an off week and you're hearing me. There's a reason for that. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Do I have the intro? I think I have the intro. So no head? Everybody, this is TJ from Just Plain Filthy, and yes, I am by myself, and yes, it is an off week. And there's a good reason for that. See, last week, nobody was available. It was just me, because my plans got canceled. My whole fucking trip down to Florida got canceled. People got sick. The people I was staying with got sick. We canceled it. We scrambled last minute for some way to salvage the 10 days that I asked for off. So I'm not just spending them at home. And uh, yeah, I went on vacation, a little mini one. I went up to Vermont. I went to upstate New York. I went swimming, had some good fucking food, got some donuts, got some comics and shit. It was great. But then next week was when we were supposed to have the next podcast. And uh, I have a show. I'm performing in Nashua on that day, July 22nd, and I will not be available. So instead of missing out on another week, I just said, fuck it. We're going to do an early episode. I'm here now. Let's talk about some shit because wrestling was wild, music is incredible, and uh, yeah, the world is burning, and I'm scared. <laughs> We're not going to go into that part of it, but uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun. It might not be the longest episode. I don't exactly have a game plan for this, so let's just roll with the punches and have a fun time. Let's get into it. Now, in the world of wrestling, especially the internet wrestling community, the IWC, you're never going to please the fans. It's just not going to happen. You got Orange Cassidy, who's a great wrestler in his own right. If you've watched Shakara, you watch his early stuff, you see Fire Ant, the hot property Fire Ant and Shakara, part of the colony. They dubbed him one of the best wrestlers on the independence during his whole tenure as that. Meanwhile, he's also doing a goofy gimmick on the side. Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, the guy who's too cool to care. Well, Fire Ant went by the wayside. People embraced Orange Cassidy because they saw exactly what he was doing. And he is playing chess with his opponent. But as he's doing that, he is pissing off all the quote-unquote wrestling purists. The ones who think that only their brand of professional wrestling is real professional wrestling. So what do they do? Well... Orange Cassidy doesn't do a damn fucking thing different. He continues to do the shtick. And it is so amusing. It is so funny to watch everybody on the internet just lose their fucking mind. Everybody is Jim Cornette Jr., Vince Russo 2.0. Everyone click-clacking up their keyboard. He's not a professional wrestler. 
He is a cosplayer. He is a fan. He is a glorified fan. Okay, well, this glorified fan held the IWTV Championship, I think, longer than anybody else. This fan is selling merch like nobody else. This fan was one of the best talents and one of the best independents in its time. And this fan is putting on classics. five Near five-star matches with almost everybody he's stepping in the ring with in AEW. So... While you're there wearing your diabetic socks, breathing really, really heavy into your headset microphone so the boys on Xbox Live can hear you and make sure you're still alive, he's doing his damn thing. And he is making more in a week than you make in a year, motherfuckers. So read it and fucking weep because Orange Cassidy versus Wardlow was a barn burner. You look at this and you look at the card. And you're like, yeah, every match is a banger on this card. Besides the Anna J match. That was that was a little forced. So I don't give a fuck about her. But you look at this and you're like, damn, banger, 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 banger. Then you see Orange Cassidy versus Wardlow, and you're like, Star versus Star, but polar opposites. How is this going to work? Well, the thing about Orange Cassidy is. He can adapt really, really well because his style allows him to. You got the people who take shit so seriously, they're like, don't joke with me. Don't joke with me. And then they get emotional and they make mistakes. Orange Cassidy capitalizes on it. And or if he slows the whole thing down, so then the opponent goes, okay, I'll play your game. And then they start slowing down. And then he speeds right up. And boom! Right to the face. Orange punch. Out like a light. Like a light. And every single time people start to think that they got Orange Cassidy figured out, he finds a way to just flip it on him and get the upper hand. I don't know many people in the game that don't have a gimmick that can do something like that. So gimmick or no gimmick... Orange Cassidy is the fucking man. And I will die on that hill. That match was incredible. Wardlow looked strong. Orange Cassidy, believable contender. Everybody on the internet got mad. I think that's a win all around. But because they pulled this one little thing in the middle of the match, there's even more bitching points for people to talk about on the internet. Because Danhausen was under the ring yet again. And all you get is, oh, Somebody get Danhausen off my screen. He's such a joke. He's making AEW into a joke. I guess my wrestling taste is a lot like my movie taste. That whenever somebody absolutely hates something, I enjoy the living shit out of it. Because every single time Danhausen is on my screen, a smile is on my face. And uh, Danhausen, I mean, they haven't shown much in the in the whole realm of him working. It's mostly just character work and not in-ring work. And if, if you haven't checked out his in-ring work, please do yourself a favor. Check out AIW. Check out First Wrestling from the Midwest. Or even check out Limitless Wrestling. He's had classic wrestling matches all over the place, especially in those places, and they get you a little more of a taste of what he can do 
as opposed to what AEW is letting him do at the moment. He just came off of injury, so I mean, give it a little bit. He's probably a little rusty, probably playing it safe right now, but the dude is a genius. After watching that match, seeing everybody pissed at Orange Cassidy and everybody pissed at Danhausen, and even pissed at Wardlow for even humoring the idea that he could have lost to Orange Cassidy, fuck you. I was thinking, and I was like, if Danhausen went to the WWE and he got to keep the character, number one, how many more people do you think are going to be pissed? How wild could we go with him? And how much money would he generate in such a grand scale? Because whether you like WWE or not, I don't, but whether you like it or not, WWE is the top of the food chain when it comes to being successful in pro wrestling. I think he would be pretty successful when it comes to merchandise sales, when it comes to like Instagram and Twitter followers and all that stuff, generating buzz for for events and the website and Peacock and all that stuff. He's a big fan of WWE himself, so that works out. Uh, there's one thing that I definitely think he would need to pull. It would be perfect. People would probably get mad at me uh, for saying this because how dare you? That just ruins everything. And blah, blah blah. I can't enjoy things. I'm an internet wrestling fan. But Danhausen in Money in the Bank. Some of you might know where I'm going with this. Some of you might not. I think this would be amazing. Especially if it was like he got released from AEW. Everything was happening in secret. And there was some uncertainty as to who the final person for Money in the Bank was. I think you bring him into Money in the Bank. You have him do his comedy shtick. You have him do the tequila dance. You gotta hit him with the GTS or the Goodnight housing. You do all that stuff. You make him look weak towards the middle like he's not going to get it. And then at the end, the dramatic climb to the top. And everyone that's uh, one of those Jim Cornette Juniors is just sitting all angry. Don't fucking give it to him. Don't give it to him. And then he reaches up and he takes it. And he celebrates. But he wants that win. Not because it's a future championship opportunity. But because money in the bank means to him, there's money in that briefcase. And Danhausen wants to be rich. He wants to rule the world. He opens it up to find that there's nothing but a contract in the briefcase. He looks around. Tries to see if anybody will buy the contract off of him so he can get money. And he gives it to somebody like Kofi Kingston for like a hundred bucks. He walks off counting his couple twenties on his hand, folds it up, puts it in his pocket. Kofi Kingston now has the, the championship opportunity. Dan Housen gets money and he goes, ha ha ha, money. And everybody walks out happy except for those little assholes online, which just makes my day a whole lot better. So sorry, not sorry, about going on like a 10-minute thing about how internet wrestling community sucks and I like it when they're mad. It's my favorite thing in the fucking world next to garlic bread and tacos. So now, as 
all these armchair Booker Cornette Jr. motherfuckers hate AEW for literally any reason under the sun other than, like, Bruno San Martino isn't still giving people bear hugs. I do not like NXT. And not NXT UK. I haven't really watched that. Not NXT Level Up, even though everybody on the internet really doesn't like how, uh, they have a certain gay character. They don't want him on their TV. And, uh, newsflash, he's not on your TV. He's on YouTube. Fucking deal with it. I don't like NXT. I haven't watched NXT in a long time. And then I come in, uh, on Wednesday. I was on vacation. I had nothing to do because I was staying inside for the day. Weather was a little iffy and, uh, we wanted to make a good dinner. So I put on NXT. And I see a whole bunch of bullshit. The acting is terrible. You think the most, like, successfully financially uh, business in wrestling, we could afford some acting coaches. Or at least, like, know what doesn't suck. But no, it, it sucks. They have a little thing uh, in a barroom brawl. You got the uh, child diddler, Josh Briggs, and his tag team partner sitting there drinking in a bar with obvious plants. And then, uh, I think they're called Pretty Reckless. They come out there and they're like, like a rhinestone cowboy. And they just go and they're like, herded you don't like pretty boys. Some bullshit like that. It was really dumb. And everyone's just like, we don't like your kind around here. Meaning flamboyant people. And also people of legal age. And they, they just... I'm going to challenge you to a fight, but not here, not right now, on NXT. And they're all like, you got it. And then some lady stands up on the bar and was like, get on out of here. And it was cringy as a motherfucker. And immediately I was like, okay, my expectations. I came into this a little, a little late. Uh, my expectations are ground level. I can step on them shits. A couple minutes later, we have another video package. Joe Gacy is standing in front of two men who look like Undertaker druids, saying that very soon their identities will be known. And, get this, the schism is is all good to go. New people welcomed into the schism. You need to be scared of the schism. I wonder... I was wondering why they looked like such virgins, and uh, now I know it's because they're Tool fans. Uh, that is that is more cringy garbage. So I know everything that's not wrestling at this point is cringy garbage when it comes to NXT right now. The the one of the main people that I wanted to see, Braun Breaker, was not on this episode. Uh, Grayson Waller, I love him in the ring. Didn't get him in the ring. Got like a 30 second promo with him on the microphone. That was okay. And then we end the night. Roxy is supposed to have... Well, Roxanne Perez is her NXT name. Was supposed to have a women's championship match against Mandy Rose. She didn't come out. But what, who did come out was Cora Jade. The non-spooky version of Darby Allen, And... Roxanne Perez's tag team partner. They go into this match. It is like a three-star match at best. It wasn't anything special. She fails to get the job done. 
Roxanne comes out. Something's happening. I looked away for a second. But now, Cora Jade is turning on her tag team championship partner. And is about to hit her with this penny board that she has. This really dumb fucking board that looks like a Walmart special. She lifts it up, and as she's about to swing it down, the thing breaks in midair. It crumbles before it even makes any sort of impact. She didn't even slam it down hard. It's just way too much weight in the back. Thing falls apart. She gets hit in the back with her trucks. Roxanne Perez sells it. Ugh. I don't get too much of the things that I'm looking for in NXT. And what I do end up getting is more bullshit garbage. Cringy promos. Cringy acting. Nobody of worth, really, that that was on the show. And then you get prop disaster on top of a bad match. I don't... I, I don't know. I'm going to try to give it another chance next time I have, like, Wednesday free. Or maybe watch it back on Hulu or something like that. Because I don't want to say this is everything. They might have AEW problems right now where, like, everybody of worth is injured. And then everybody that's still there is, like, everybody that needs work. But it was... It was a mess. Like, Marty Huggins. Grab your broom and dustpan. Because it's a mess. Campaign reference out there. Everybody's mad at AEW. I'm mad at NXT. But I'm not mad about the new fucking albums and songs that have been dropping recently. But before I get to that, I want to plug a great, great, heavy, heavy as shit band that I am friends with. They used to be known as Confront the Elders, but now they rebranded themselves. Cool little logo, a little quirky name. They are now called Of, O-V, Ruin. Of Ruin. And they have a song they put out called Kingdom of Deceit. And holy shit, this can melt faces. So without further ado, before we get to my albums that I want you to check out, I want you to check out this fucking song, Kingdom of Deceit by Of Ruin. Check it out.
hard as a motherfucker. Dude, I have no idea how they can manage to sound so fucking evil when they are the nicest dudes in the fucking world. Shout out to Avruin, dude. Shout out to Avruin. I don't know what they got in the water down there in Nashville, Tennessee. But, like, every band that I check out from down that way just slaps so fucking hard. It's crazy. But we got that out of the way, and now I want to get to the part that I am really hyped for, because I just absolutely love sharing new music. Now, before I get into this list, just because I think you should check them out does not mean... They are brand new. Some of these might be a couple years old, but they're not old, okay? Just keep that in mind. I got one hip-hop, I got one sort of emo, pop-punky, and one metal. So, should be something for each of you, and I think anybody that listens to any of these is going to thoroughly enjoy them. So, first off, a rap album by somebody I've been really into the last couple years, uh, Dave East. Dave East just put out H-D-I-G-H, How Did I Get Here? It's featuring songs with Method Man, Music Soul Child, Anthony Hamilton. Like, bruh, there's, there's some people on this. And literally every song on here is good in its own way. My favorite is personally uh, Unbelievable featuring Method Man because I love Dave East, but Method Man is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Maybe I'm a little biased, but the whole thing is really, really good. It came out back in March. It's 13 songs, and it's just under an hour in playtime. It's 50 minutes, 47 seconds. So if you're a fan of that New York-style hip-hop with a slight R&B edge to it, this one's for you. This next album has been on repeat for months now. Since I heard about one of the songs... uh, They have a song called Constant Dread. It's opener to the whole album. It's featuring Brendan Murphy. uh, Great, great vocalist. And there's like a screamy metalcore part in that song, which got me hooked. I heard about it on TikTok. And then I was like, wait, does Hawthorne Heights have new music? And it came out last year. It came out in, uh, I think it was September. Yeah, September 10th, 2021. And it's got 11 songs on it. This whole thing, besides the first song, is very old school Hawthorne Heights meets like Neck Deep or like State Champs. It's very, very well-rounded. Like most of the songs are very, very catchy. If you like their old emo sound, but you're more of a pop punk fan nowadays, this is going to be the perfect album for you. It is my favorite Hawthorne Heights album. I like this one. It's called The Rain Just Follows Me. I enjoy it way more than The Silence in Black and White. Maybe you will too. Check it out on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your music. The Rain Just Follows Me by Hawthorne Heights. And lastly, for the metal fans up in here, I'm sure you haven't heard this name in a while, but Cancer Bats put out an album like a month or two ago. It's called Psychic Jailbreak. It is incredible. I was not the biggest fan of them for a while because it was was pretty much like wash, rinse, repeat, same bullshit every single time. And not bullshit in a bad way, just bullshit of like, just the vibe. 
You know, you got the one album, and then you got the same album after that, and you got the same album after that. This is sort of a stoner metal meets punk rock. Uh, it's very, very good. It's heavy, but not like constant breakdowns heavy. It's mostly like slam your head down, headbang, kind of throw them horns up kind of shit. Um, it sounds like a metal song that the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack would put on there. Uh, that At least that's the vibe that I got. Like Tony Hawk Underground kind of shit. Very, very good. One of my favorite songs on it is The Hoof. And I also like Friday Night and Hammering On. They are the first half of this whole thing. Uh, once again, it is called Psychic Jailbreak by Cancer Bats. It's 11 songs. It's not that long for 11 songs. It's only 36 minutes and uh, 57 seconds. So about 37 minutes. Very, very good album. So if you're into bands like uh, Red Fang or something, this is definitely the album for you. So definitely check out the newest stuff by Dave East, the newest stuff by Hawthorne Heights, and the newest stuff by Cancer Bats. So thank you for checking out this podcast, listening to me rant about how much I hate internet wrestling fans, uh, watch me break down AEW and break down NXT, uh, then suggest some music. Hopefully you check some of those out. And let us know what you think on our social media. You can hit us up on our website, JustPlainFilthy.com, on Twitter and Instagram at JPF Podcast, or you can hit us up on our Facebook page, which has been a little quiet lately, Facebook.com slash JustPlainFilthy. So thank you for listening. Make sure you share this. Make sure you like it. Make sure you tell some friends. Have a great fucking night.